0: This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
1: The Emmy break is over and we're back here live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. Now, today's show is going to be hot. Even hotter than the sweltering temperatures that has gripped so much of the country. So hopefully you're staying cool and going to be able to enjoy today's show. The reason today's show is going to be so hot is because we are going to be talking to two of your favorite daytime stars that, unfortunately, we don't get a chance to see as often as we used to. But this is your chance to reconnect with them and even have a chance to speak with them. Since I suspect that there are a lot of you out there who are going to want to call in and be a part of the show, let me give you the call-in line right now at the top of the show. It's a toll-free number, 866-472-5788. Again, it's 866-472-5788. And you can also follow along on Twitter at Soap Central Live if you prefer to tweet your questions and comments rather than call in or maybe you're at work and have to sneaky uh, reply and, and be a part of the show. Now coming up in the second half of the show, One Life to Live's Cassie DePaiva is going to be sharing some of her secrets for looking like a million bucks without having to spend a million bucks. That is going to be the trick. So we'll stay tuned for that. She'll also be talking about her upcoming return to General Hospital. And, of course, she'll be taking your calls. But up first, a two-time daytime Emmy nominee who I think many All My Children fans would want as their gal pal. In addition to the nearly 22 years that she spent as Opal Cortland in the fictional world of Pine Valley, PA, Joe Larson appeared as the psychotic kidnapper Ursula Blackwell on One Life to Live. And she's also done work behind the scenes, producing an off-Broadway comedy and co-producing the Student Academy Award-nominated documentary film, Gibbs Garden. I'm so pleased that she's here to chat with us today. Jill Larson, welcome to Soap Central Live.
0: Dan, it's just wonderful to be here and get a chance to reconnect with all of our fans. Well,
1: it's a great opportunity, as you mentioned. And before the show, we were talking about the fact that soaps are unique and that since they air every day... The actors, in essence, sort of become a part of the viewers' lives. So what is it like for you, knowing that for so many years, to so many millions of people, you've sort of been part of their family?
0: Well, I I, I feel, as I th- I'm sure most soap actors do, like it's a tremendous honor. And uh, when I meet people on the street or out in the world, uh, and from all walks of life and both genders, <laughs> um, I, I feel and I see on their faces what what it means to them to uh, to to be a part of the, all my children or any of the daytime shows. Um, th- those communities they're they're stronger than anything else in the entertainment industry, as far as I know. You know.
1: Is it surprising to you that All My Children's been off the air for just shy of a year, we'll say, yeah. and the fans are still just as passionate as they were when the show was on the air? Does that surprise you at all?
0: Well, it, it does in a way, yes, and of course, um, it touches me deeply. Uh, to uh, You know, I get, oh, I don't know, anywhere from 6 to 10 or 12 or 15 emails a day, um from people uh, you know um, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, um, still there are groups that are you know wanting to save our shows or boycott a b c or uh whatever h- however they have sort of grouped themselves together but yeah i I think it really i, I you know i i don 't know that I can say anything about the the ending of those shows or about what happened. Um, that hasn't already been said, but I am perpetually—it um, is reinforced for me how much these shows do mean to people. And unfortunately, those in the, you know, in the uh, positions of power, I don't think ever understood that. No.
1: Well, sort of rewinding slightly, as I mentioned, the folks who watch the soaps really do think of you guys as family, since. Sometimes mm-hmm. they see you more than they do the family. Do you think that there's anything about Jill Larson that fans would be surprised to know?
0: Not anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. It just makes me think of, you know, when I first started um, really on One Life to Live and uh, the whole issue of... Um, you, you, you know, having some, some kind of a public visibility or whatever uh, made me very uncomfortable. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what was expected of me. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I needed some training, and I got it from David Canary. But, um, but um, I just uh, lost my train of thought. I was going to say something so pithy and marvelous but it's gone now. <laughs> but um uh well, yeah what were you asking me about about the, the, the oh oh would fans be surprised? And so at that time you know I felt like my private life is my private life and I'm an actor and 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 that there was going to be this great division between the two and um it didn't take long before I realized that that was kind of ridiculous and that People wanted to, people were uh, connected to Opal, but therefore they were also connected to Jill. And between that and the fact that when you're on a show like this uh, for so long and they're writing so many shows, five a week, the writers start to incorporate things that they see in your own personality into the storylines. So pretty soon it's a great big um i don't know soup kind of and and uh, you know anything about my personal life or anything about me as a person has probably been used as fodder in the great soap opera story making machine
1: <laughs> you know? well let's uh, let's go start with the soap opera story making machine before you ever appeared on a soap opera i have to find out when did the acting bug first hit you was it early on or did you discover this maybe a little later
0: no i i started um lessons uh, when i was eight i um uh i i i actually was always producing plays in my living room um and my my uh you know i was building sets out of um, broken down refrigerator cartons, and my father had to make them stand up. They were eight feet tall, and um, all the uh, the bedrooms in the house were dressing rooms for the various cast members. And the two kids who lived next door, I had them be the lawyers who made up contracts. And you know, I was I, I, I and I don't really know where all of that came from because I didn't watch a lot of TV, and I didn't really go to the movies that often but um somehow it was just a part of who I was born <laughs> as you know and um and so then I did my first professional play when I was 10 and uh growing up in Minneapolis it's a very um it's a very strong theater town at at as I was growing up there through my teens um um it was the biggest uh, uh, um, community of equity actors in the country after New York. Now I think Chicago holds that uh, that title. But uh, but anyway, just to say that yes, there was a lot of theater and a lot of opportunities for me to work um, all through uh, you know from the time I was quite young until I left there in my um, when I was 19.
1: Well in so, reading your biography there was something that said that there was a period of time in there where you and your sister traveled Europe.
0: That's right. That's right. I left um Minneapolis to go seek my fortune in New York and a few months after I was there my mother um said I want you to go to Europe with your sister uh she's been planning this trip for or saving for it for many years and now it's fallen through and and i you know she's got to go and so you're going to go with her my sister was 17 and um and uh i said oh no no i can't on my art <laughs> and she said oh new york will still be there in 8 weeks Jill. and uh and once i got over there within a, within i mean a, a week or two i realized I, I can't see europe in 8 weeks we have to stay at least until christmas and I ended up staying almost three years, so so it was a great chapter in my life and a great opening of my worldview and something that I always say to young people who want to know, you know, oh, I just want to go and be an actor. I don't want to go to college or anything, and I always say you must, you must, because you have to get some life experience and some understanding of the world outside of the theater or movies or TV or you won't have anything to bring to your work you know
1: so um i think that holds true for for a lot of people even if they're maybe not going into pursuing any acting if you do that that traveling and sort of expand your world it really does open up a lot of other other opportunities for people
0: yes yes and and it's very important for your own development just as a person you know to have a larger world view it's it's essential, especially now with uh with our world shrinking the way it is you know it's uh it's just too important, so I was very very lucky you know my i don't know why my mother decided that that was important and where she got the courage to send her two uh you know daughters seventeen and twenty <laughs> off to Europe wow. by themselves. But uh, she did, and um, I will be forever grateful to her for that.
1: (laughs) I'm going to put you on the spot and give you a chance to play Jill Larson travel guide. Since you talked about being in Europe for three years, what are maybe a couple of the places that you would tell people that they are must-see destinations if perhaps they're thinking of taking a trip across the pond?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, uh, uh, of course, I would say Paris because that's where I lived, but... um, Oh my gosh! I, I I don't know how I could begin. The first thing that came <laughs> into my mind was Giverny, which is the, um, which is where Monet lived and painted his famous water lily paintings and his Japanese garden paintings and and so forth. And it's very. It, it's only about um, a twenty-minute train ride outside of Paris, and and oh, to go there and to see because they have maintained his house and and um you know the gardens and everything as they were when he lived there and you just get to sort of recapture what life was like back then and see his kitchen and I, to me it was it was thrilling i just uh, i've been there twice actually and um and then i guess i would say you'd have to go um <coughs> to um well um Oh, all along the south coast, of course, uh, along the uh, Mediterranean and the Riviera is pretty spectacular, and uh, uh, to see Siena in Italy um, is a a small, a relatively small town that they make their own special kind of pasta there, and it truly is like nothing I've ever eaten anywhere else. It's... um, I'll never forget
1: it. <laughs> so, I want so to. I want to thank you for somehow we always find a way to talk about food. It's not always my doing. Oh
0: really? Somehow, yes. Sometimes, well, sometimes it is a, always... a common love amongst most of us, I think.
1: <laughs> Definitely, it is. Now, yes. one of the things that you mentioned when you're talking about going to see uh, and travel to where Monet had painted, some things that come up when I'm having discussions with people is not everybody is aware of maybe what they like or what they don't like. For me, for example, I appreciate opera, but Uh I don't necessarily know that I would go to seek out going to see an opera. And there are a lot of people out there who may think, oh, well, I don't know if, if uh, pasta is my thing, or I don't know if water lilies are my thing. How do you encourage people to put that aside that I don't know if I like that and to just sort of jump in and give it a shot. And if you like it, you like it. And if you know you don't you don't what's yeah. what are your words of encouragement for people
0: yeah that's a that's a very there's a very inter- interesting question really because um I, I and i don't know the answer i think there are some people and i'm certainly one of them who are just born with a big appetite for life and um you know i mean one of my favorite quotes is that one by Auntie Mame, who says uh you know, life is a banquet, and most poor bastards are starving to death. And um, so, I, I, I live very much by that motto. I just can't get enough of life and life experiences. But then there are others who who really live very happily, sort of within a smaller, more boundaried um, world, and um, and and that that pleases them and is a comfort to them. And so I'm not sure you can force new experiences on people. I have, you know, I thought even with my daughter, um, when she was a baby, I I, I made sure that she ate uh, a lot of very, uh, what some people might think as sophisticated foods and stuff very early on. And she has a very broad palate, and she loves to try everything. You know, we <laughs> were just in the Grand Canyon, and she had to eat elk. And... Um, Wanted rattlesnake and so forth. But I have seen enough parents with children who they tried to do that for and those kids just absolutely would not participate and had no interest and, and even as toddlers laid down the ruling that no, I will not be tasting a vegetable. I'll be eating white bread and pasta and that's it. You know? <laughs> so, so that humbled me to the fact that that everyone's different, and um, uh, you know, I, I just feel very lucky that I'm I'm amongst those that that really loves to try, get out, and try and see and do everything. You know.
1: You had me up until you talked about eating vegetables, and then you lost me.
0: Uh, oh, <laughs> I, now you see?
1: <laughs> vegetables that I don't get along. But uh, I'm reading some of the emails. I have a, an email here from Jessica who says, Dan, you were right. I'm not able to call in because my boss would kill me. However, I want to know from Jill, what does she think Opal is up to now? So there you go. Oh. Post post the gunshot. Where is oh, Opal now? Oh, my
0: gosh. I, I would like to think that Opal followed... um uh, uh Erica to Hollywood and uh that uh she is still trying to get uh, uh Jack and Erica reconciled but um, that when uh, uh Erica is so taken by and 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 sucked into the Hollywood celebrity machine and she just is finds it irresistible, Opa goes back to Pine Valley and Settles down with Jack.
1: <laughs> so even the, even now, Opal is doing some matchmaking and making sure that everybody is happy.
0: That's right. That's right. That's really her raison d'être, I think.
1: Do you think that Opal might fancy herself a singer? I think you know where this is going so let's find well, out. <laughs>
0: um I I don't know. I mean uh, Opal the wonderful thing about Opal is that she doesn't have she's not very uh shy or self-conscious. Yeah. Opal is a little bit um, you know has that passion for life that Jill has but but as I've always said she has no editing um interior editing, material, uh, you know, a mechanism. And that goes for, you know, she would not be shy or self-conscious about singing, whether she was good at it or not. And uh, that's kind of a great thing. That That's not true about Jill.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to ask, because, you know, uh, I would imagine you have to enjoy singing. You're going to be a part of a karaoke fan event on July 22nd at the Sportsman Lodge Event Center. It's in Studio City, California, with Bobby Eakes and General Hospital's Sean Blakemore. sounds like it's going to be fun. Karaoke, Jill? Are we ready for this?
0: Oh, yes. It's going to be great fun, and I'm going to shake hands and chat it up with everybody, and I'm excited to see all the fans. Whether I, I think I may have had my karaoke swan song on All My Children uh, some years ago when I sang Bad Girls to yes. Bobby, actually. Uh, <laughs> so whether I actually find my way up to the microphone on Sunday, the 22nd, or not remains to be seen
1: <laughs> well i think that's a challenge i think everyone on twitter if you want to hear jill sing you're going to have to tweet her now maybe offer some some playlist suggestions uh <laughs> some sort of um i don't know some sort of uh, uh, clairvoyant song so we can hearken back to to opal's seeing <laughs> things uh, there's got to be some some great ideas in there i'm sure
0: I'm sure there are, and I would love to hear all of them. All of them. I think maybe actually, you know, when you uh, going back to your saying, is there something about Jill that fans would not know? And um, it it could be that I'm. I, I I really am. You know, it's one way where Opal and I bar ways because I'm really um, far more. Um, I guess timid. I don't know if retiring is quite right, but I uh, I get very overwhelmed in a crowd, and um, I, I, I I'm not as uh, sort of I don't know boisterous and buoyant as, as
1: Opal is. So I don't think anybody is I'm not much.
2: Sure. <laughs> well, that could be.
1: I think she, Opal might have a leg up on Lady Gaga. Even she's uh, <laughs> she doesn't hold anything back.
0: <laughs> oh, another, yes, another Opal, two. she's mm-hmm. so wonderful, isn't
1: she? Definitely, and I, I yeah. like the fact that, that you uh, are still envisioning what she would be up to, and I'm sure that a lot of other soap fans are, too, because that gives uh, sort of a, a level of continuity. It's Even though the show has ended, it doesn't necessarily mean that the stories have ended. Everyone will have something different in their mind about what's taking place.
0: What a lovely uh, thing to say, yes. Yeah, that's really nice. That, in a way, because those characters, as you say, have been with us and in our hearts for so long. That, of course, why would they, why would they necessarily disappear just because they're not uh, being seen on uh, on network television anymore?
1: There uh, have been a couple of messages that have come through throughout the week. Once it was announced that you were going to be on the show, from folks who. I said that they'd read that you may be developing an online soap, and they wanted me to get to the bottom of this. So I'm going to give you a chance to talk about it. Is there an yeah. online soap that you're working on?
0: Yes, there is, and um, uh, I'm delighted that people have any awareness of it. It's actually something that I started working on about five years ago when I was just so frustrated with the way the stories were going at the time when, we had a head writer that didn't seem to really understand the ethos of our of our show and um and uh so i i i just threw up my hands i was just it, it was breaking my heart to see the show being forced into this direction that was just i felt was so wrong for it so i started writing this thing and um and I wrote it um with it's it's three women myself and Julia Barr and Linda Dano. We play the three leads, but the sort of um gimmick, if you will of it is that it's um all actor. it's it's peopled by all actors from all my children that um each of the characters on the on the in my soap or in my webisode or my series. Um, have the same the, e- initials as their characters on All My Children had. <laughs> okay. um, some of the stories sort of weave in uh, some of the history of their characters on All My Children, even though they're very different characters. And there are sort of inside jokes and references to All My Children and stuff that we hope to um, that we hope to weave in as well. To uh, to, to To make it a real sort of valentine for the fans, you know, and so we're at the place of having our ten episodes ready. we've written a trailer we've 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 shot a trailer and um david canary and and um uh Ray Mcdonald and Michael Knight and amanda Baker uh are in the trailer and uh so now we are at a place where we have to raise money in order to shoot the ten episodes and um I think we're going to do uh, an Indiegogo kind of thing or a, a, a um, Kickstarter, you know, one of these online fundraising um, promotions in hopes that, you know, people would like to see it enough to actually put a, you know, want to be investors and part of creating a, a new series. And and so uh, so that's what we're working on. And it's really fun. It's sort of – I mean it's it's about three women and they all are sort of in the midlife and they it's and uh, they all have some kind of a serious crisis um usually related to a man and um, they've all they're all three sort of women who have been done wrong he'd done her wrong in one way
2: or another
0: and um, and it's it's quite funny and through a series of events and th- these characters are brought together and um and in the end they are vindicated it's called the vindicated
1: so, well as uh, soon as you get any information about when you start to do your fundraising please pass it along we'll make sure that everybody gets the information so they can help make this happen because you couldn't ask for a better cast these are some amazing counts
0: <laughs> well yes and we we have a few more that are that are uh, you know in the hopper so So yeah, I think it's going to be wonderful, and thank you. I certainly, I certainly will um, be in touch with you because, of course, any any help we could get in uh, sort of spreading the word would be much appreciated. So, so yeah,
1: wonderful. And I'm I'm looking in our our segment. We're down to just about two minutes, so I want to give you a a last chance here. This is a. Probably the most philosophical question that someone has submitted, uh, but it is from Ryan who wants to know, how did appearing on All My Children change your life?
0: Well, I'm a mother because I, uh, uh, I was on All My Children and I well up even talking about it. Aww. Um, because truly, um, I never would have had the, the courage to, um, adopt my daughter if I had not had the, the steady, income and and lifestyle that all my children afforded me. And so, as I have uh, said to Agnes repeatedly, um, it is my, you know, I am profoundly grateful for that. And uh, that's just one of many reasons. But we only have two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> believe, me,
1: important. The, believe me, the time goes fast. But since we only have that last minute now, what we'll have to do is we will give you uh, an extended stay, so when you're ready to start talking about your web series, you can come back on the show. We'll talk about it. We'll uh, maybe have some of the other co-stars in it. We'll really make sure that people are aware of it and tune in to check it out.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful. Just absolutely wonderful.
1: Sounds like a plan. Jill, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to chat with us today, and I know uh, again, that there are so many people who are who wanted, said that they wanted to call in, but unfortunately they're still at work based on our time. So hopefully they'll be able to call back. They'll schedule some time off when you come back to the show again. And All it'll right. be a, a great time.
0: Well, that's, that's terrific, and thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And would you please give a special hello to Kathy? Um, I just saw her out in the desert singing with uh, Kathy Breyer and, and Bobby, and they were fabulous, of course. And, well, you know, um, what? let
1: me, I don't want to cut you off, but let me just allow you to give her the special. Oh, alright. Hello, Cassie's holding. Cassie DePaiva, uh, welcome to Soap Central Live.
2: Hi, and Jill, right back at you. I adore you, and you were, it was lovely, lovely, lovely <laughs> to see you out there, and I guess we're having record breaking heat back here on the East Coast like we
0: did on the West Coast when you, oh, when man. I saw you. I don't know. I don't. I don't want you to take that personally, Cassie.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I to say that you know
0: it must be you because you're hot.
2: There you oh, go. okay.
0: <laughs> well, one way or the other. And before I forget, that play that I wanted you to see in New York is called Tribes. Okay. Awesome. I'll write that
2: down. All right. Super. Super. Love you so much. I love you too. To I'm leaving you to the fans because I know they're eager to talk to you. Okay. Love you, darling. I love you too. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks, Jill. Sure.
1: Well, Bye. Cassie, you were a little unexpected. Hello there. So we're going to skip over this quick commercial break that we were going to take. We're just going to go right in with you. How's that sound?
2: <laughs> that sounds just fine. But if you need that commercial break to get income, you go right ahead and cut me off.
1: Yeah, okay. ne- never cut you off. Well, I will, however, I will give you a little introduction since I was planning to give you one. I don't want you to feel slighted. Let me uh, wing something here. We'll say that my next guest, who's already here, first appeared on One Life to Live in 1993, and she remained with the show through its final episode in January of this year. In 2005, she picked up a very long overdue daytime Emmy nomination as Outstanding Lead Actress. In addition to popping up on General Hospital this summer, she's also a recording artist a product spokesperson, a wife, and a mom. She's here today. Cassie, welcome to Soap Central Live.
2: Gosh, you make me sound so important.
1: Come on, you know that you're important.
2: I've been very blessed, Dan. I'm just blessed and a lucky girl, that's all. But thank you for that lovely introduction.
1: Well, I have wanted to have you on the show for so long, but we haven't been able to get our schedules to sort of line up. The stars have aligned. It must have been the the Venus transit from earlier in the month. Here you are, and I know a lot of people are so excited to be able to have a chance to talk to you.
2: Well, it's nice to actually have the time to speak with you. I was supposed to be working on the set of this little movie that I'm doing today, but as always, in those small movies, schedules get moved around. So I ended up working on the 26th. So I was actually free today. So when this opportunity came about again, I said, "Okay, let's do it this Friday." Because Fridays, I'm usually, are just usually not good for whatever
3: reason.
1: It's Friday. It's the kickoff to the weekend. You know, there are other things to to do. Some people have to prepare for their weekends. So I understand oh, yeah. fully. <laughs> yeah. Oh. At the top of the show, I teased that. You, from working in daytime, I'm sure have picked up some tips over the years, especially from the Emmy-winning One Life to Live hair and makeup teams, that are little tips that can help people uh, look like a million bucks without having to spend a million bucks. So since we just had the daytime Emmys and we're still looking at the fashion photos and seeing what everybody wore, I thought this is a perfect opportunity for you to come in and share some of your tips. So,
2: Well, as as a spokesperson for the No-No Hair Removal System, I have to say that is the number one thing that's kind of changed my life. I'm looking at the um, online on your Soap Central um, Emmy preview of all the beautiful gowns and the handsome men, and all of them are pretty much wearing, you know, sleeveless to um, really exposed arms. And I'm thinking, well, I couldn't have done that many years ago because my ar- I always was self-conscious, but now you know I can feel sexy and feel good. But that's my biggest biggest secret, but the fashions are just, these women and these men look so beautiful, and it's so fun. It's a fun night to get dressed up and feel elegant and celebrate the genre that we love so much.
1: Well, I know that uh, a lot of people are familiar with your appearances in either the infomercials or on home shopping channels to talk about No-No. They may not, I don't know why they wouldn't, but maybe some folks haven't tuned into the whole program to find out exactly what it is. Let's do a rundown because for a lot of people, they are dealing with, uh, some of the problems of wanting to get rid of some unwanted hair. And they've tried everything. They've tried, you know, the waxings and the pluckings. Right, and right, right. right. Well, it's not, just, that-
2: it's not just a women's issue. I mean, a lot of men now with tattoos really want to show off their sexy tattoos. And it's just a great way and an easy way to get rid of that unwanted hair. Um, and in the long run is an inexpensive and, uh, you know, it just cuts into your, gives you your time back and your freedom back. And it's painless and it's great. And basically how it works, it's a um, thermicon technology. It sounds complicated, but it isn't. But it's, it's a heated wire that glides across your skin and it removes the hair. And if you use it as directed, which is pretty much, three times a week when you start off, your hair will slowly grow back in less and less coarse. So over time, you will have no hair there. It does; t- It's not something that happens immediately overnight. You will lose the hair, but it will come back, but it comes back less. And over time, it makes a huge difference. And especially for me, I always have this long peach fuzz on my face. It was always, and as I have aged, it's gotten longer. It's just just awful. So that's been the big game changer for me in that I don't have to make an appointment because I never know what I'm doing from day to day. You know, I can't even squeeze in a quick interview with you on a Friday afternoon, but, you know, I can go in the privacy of my own home and just do the hair removal, which is super. And it's been fun, and I've gone down to do Home Shopping Network, and I'll be back again on July 7th, they're having a today special down there with that, uh, product and it's always a successful, uh, run for them because the product works and, you know, I wouldn't put my name on it or my face attached to it if I didn't believe in it and it's, it's been, you know, it truly has been a game changer. If you look back in Soap Arbor Digest for the last 25 years, questions you're to your hit the back of the magazine, what, what would you want to change about yourself? All my life I've always wanted to change the hair on my body. I love my hair. I, I, my hair on my head, but I don't like my hairy arms and I don't like my hairy face and it's just been something I've always been self-conscious about. So it I had a long history of whining about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there are fans love you. They have loved you and I think they will always continue to love you and they are lined up to talk to you. So how well, about we take bring a it on? Of, I say we Go down to Texas, first off, and take a call from Carla. Carla, welcome to SubCentral Live.
2: Hi, Dan. Hi, Carla. Hi, Kathy. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, and thank you. you. I'm foremost, excited to hear you. First and foremost, I'd just like for you to know that we're standing behind you. We love you and uh, that we appreciate uh, how you appreciate your fans. Well, I adore my fans, and for me to – I just want to remain true to what the fans want, especially when I go back and forth visiting General Hospital. It's very – I'm very – I'm just very conscientious of really giving – honoring the history of Blair and the history of Blair and Todd and allowing – you know, I, I don't want Blair to ride off into the sunset. I really want her to be important even in Port Charles, and um, and I also want to make my fans smile. So that's important to me. Thank you. Can I ask a question, please?
1: You absolutely sure. can.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm just wondering, we're already anticipating your visit on the 18th, and we were wondering when your next visit will be. Well, I don't know. It all depends on how this visit is, I guess, embraced uh, by the fans, but I think that you will you will see Blair's continued love for Todd and star and Blair certainly is, I believe in my opinion is important in the grand scheme of things when it comes to Todd. I think she really, um, she clarifies him. She defines Todd yes. so She can be off the canvas, but the minute she's on the canvas, she, she, she he might know who he is, but she knows who he was. So, and I think you're gonna really enjoy the Todd and Blair scenes, and they're they're extremely powerful, and um, a little sweet and a little sad.
1: Oh, we don't want sad.
2: Oh, come on, <laughs> that's that's Todd and Blair's mo, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta love to hate them, and you gotta fight for them, and root for them, and you'll have a little of all of
1: that. I guess that's definitely true. I want to thank Carla for that question. Now, it was something that I, I was thinking of while you were answering the question. A couple of years ago, you had the opportunity to do the What If web series, and uh, it was Blair met Tad Martin. This is sort of, <laughs> if you stretch it a little bit, this is basically one big What If. You have a couple of One Life to Live characters that are now getting to mix it up with General Hospital characters.
2: Yeah, and I happen to think it's a great idea. And I know it must be difficult for General Hospital fans to go, what, What who are these people? But it's certainly awesome for the One Life to Live fans to get to see these characters live on, maybe not in Landview, but in Port Charles. But, you know, if it's handled properly, and I think it has been, it's a win-win situation for the network and hopefully for the genre and hopefully with the power of ABC Daytime and its fan base, we can keep General Hospital on the air. And who knows? Maybe there'll be some kind of spinoff somewhere, and the One Life to Live characters will live on. I just, I'm just i just never going to give up hope. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it.
1: it. I don't think that you need to apologize, and I don't think anybody out there uh, wants you to apologize. There's so many of us who uh, agree with the same thing. In the, in the last segment, I had asked jill what she thinks opal is up to past the the big gunshot at the end of all my children so i mean these are there's still an interest that fans have in these characters no matter where they are
3: well
2: there's not a day that goes by that someone doesn't stop me today i was up at the time warner building in new york city and a woman says oh my gosh she goes can i just hug you i miss one like to live so much blah 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 you know but there's not a day that goes by that someone doesn't speak about the show and miss the show and miss the characters and you know I I I simply don't understand it. And watching the Emmys last Saturday night it's just it's just crazy that um that all my children in One Life To Live aren't on the airwaves anymore because it you know, ABC had such a strong brand. I just it it boggles my mind.
1: Would it be less mind boggling if the shows were You know, watched by four people, and it—I mean, ABC really did, as you said. They spent so many years building a brand, and I think that was really the the surprise factor in it. Is it wasn't shows that were floundering; these were shows that were still very much competitive. They were very much uh, being talked about. They were very much current, and I mean, that's what made the decision so. Pick your own word.
2: Yeah, I think the decision had been made you know 2 years prior to the shows going off so um, the decision had already been made and i think that they were expecting these shows to slowly die on the vine well the, the vine is not dying it's just spread out there's just so much more growing mm-hmm. out there in the in the in the media world um, but there is definitely an audience and you know last year was a year from hell for me and so many other one like livers and when like to Live fans, were we working? Were we not working? Did we lose our jobs? Are we unemployed? Mm-hmm. Are we moving on to the internet? I mean, everything was a last minute, uh, announcement and then a last minute choice. And it was, it was, it was tough. And that, it's, it's kind of, you know, when, as a, as a guest at General Hospital, I kind of feel that way, kind of like, oh, because I'm not really in it, but I'm part of it. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. But I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that Frank Valentini invited me to come play and I'm grateful to work with Kristen and Roger and I totally love Laura Wright and, you know, I've known her <laughs> forever and so we're just like two little kids playing and, you know, I do think that there is potential for Carly and Blair to wreak major havoc in Port Charles but, you know, that, that all of that is out of my control. All I can do is try to do the best work I possibly can, and this time around, um, that's what it was about for me, and being true to Blair and my fans. I wanted, I I was just, I said, I'm not going to do this if this is going to be bad for Blair, (laughs) because I just wanted to be good for Blair.
1: Well, let's let some of the fans see what they think will be good for Blair. We're going to go to Georgia and take a call from Brian. Brian, welcome to SubCentral Live.
3: Hello, uh, Cassie. Hey, Brian. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, would would you be interested in working with um, Steve Burton and like a storyline between Blair and Jason on uh, General Hospital?
2: Now, Brian, what do you think?
3: you you know he's he's
2: not hard to look at he's got he definitely has some pretty eyes but i listen i wouldn't mind doing a triangle a quadrangle whatever Uh i enjoy working and i love the genre and i you know i've also known steve burton for a long time so that would be fun i think that there is i think there's room enough for blair on that show myself
3: (laughs) okay well i just I just wanted to say that you are a, uh, soap opera legend. It was an honor to talk to you, Cassie.
2: Well, thank you. It's kind of sad that, that I'm a legend because I feel like I'm still really young until I look in the mirror and go, yep, she's a legend.
1: (laughs) 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 Thanks Thanks for calling in, Brian. You're, you're welcome. We are going to go to New York and take a call from Josephine. Josephine, welcome to Soap Central Live.
2: Thank you. Hi, Cassie. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, Josephine. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours. I loved watching you on One Life to Live and I hope to see you more on General Hospital. I was very disappointed that you actually had only, I think it was three tape days that you did the last time that you went. Was it three yes, tape days? But I'm, but I'm doing, I do more. The, the last time I did two tape days wow. and did seven episodes in two days. So And they got um, seven episodes out of you. What did they get out of you this time? Fourteen or something? <laughs> no, I no, I they didn't get that many. Oh,
1: but, um, I'm gonna be
2: I'm gonna be over a two week period and I believe it's around five episodes. So five episodes. but it's but it's really good stuff. So, I'm, just, I'm just sad that it's you know, they can't put you on as permanent. It's ridiculous because I think you and Roger Howard have the greatest chemistry there is on soap opera. I mean, you guys the way you act it's incredible. I mean, I, I just love watching you guys act. I mean, the way I agree with you. With you. <laughs> yes, the way you play off each other and when when he starts laughing and and you know, he he goes he goes off, so I guess, you know, he ad-libs or something, he tells him to shut up. It's not funny. That's hilarious to me. It really is. I mean, is that well, ad-lib or what? Well, if, if some of it is ad-libbed. But Roger and I have always had really wonderful chemistry and Blair and Todd are a very special and very unique couple because they aren't your typical I love you couple. You know, it's more like their typical I hate you couple that just can't <laughs> help but love each other. So I've thoroughly enjoyed the Todd and Blair, I'm a huge Todd and Blair fan. So when the, when Brian asked me to do Something with Jason. I said, I'll do it with Jason, but I'm sorry, I'm a Todd Lair fan. But uh, um, <laughs> it's uh, um, yeah. I uh, thank you so much. I I I don't know why they don't ask me back for more, but maybe there. You know, I'm sure they have a reason. I'm sure it's story indicated, and I think that if it were Landview, I would be there all the time. But it's it's Port Charles, and I think Ron Calivardi and Frank are doing their best to integrate. Time up one life to live into General Hospital, but do it in a way and at a pace that is not jarring to either show and either fan base. That's just my opinion.
1: I, I think that's a good way to put it, and I want to thank Josephine for her call. I have to just you and me here, Cassie, on this, even All though there right, are hundreds Dan. of thousands of other people listening. It must feel really good to know that there are still so many people who are They're fighting for you. They want to see you. I mean, that's got to be a good feeling.
3: It's
2: unbelievably wonderful. But what kills me is who is listening? Are the networks really paying attention to this fan base that if they were to take General Hospital off the air, these fans will not return to ABC? So I just don't know. I, I hope that they're listening, and I hope that they're paying attention because these fans are very vocal, and when the One Life to Live fan base said, I'm not going to watch The Revolution, they didn't. They didn't. And it's going off the air. So, well, in
1: fairness, no one watched The Revolution. It wasn't just right. the One Life to Live fans. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody, uh, too, did for that. But, uh, I mean, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, I've been doing this for 17 years, and, and there have been a lot of soaps, unfortunately, that have, have left the airwaves. But nothing was anywhere near like what it was when All My Children One Life were canceled.
2: Right. It, I think it's because we always assumed that this brand would live on because it, this network spent, you know, it spent 45 years building this brand and built a network to support it. SoapNet to support it and then to cancel SOAPNet and these two SOAPs was it's kinda of like, huh? It didn't make sense. So hopefully it will it will only strengthen our fan base and we'll make something happen. And if anybody can do anything it would be Frank and Ron Calamardi, they I think General Hospital is in really good hands for them. And I do think ABC is taking notice.
1: I, I think a lot of people have taken notice, even for folks outside of ABC. We have time for, uh, let's say, a couple more callers. So let's go to Idaho. We're going to go to Idaho and take a call from Dom. Dom, welcome to Soap Central Live.
3: Um, good evening, Mr. Piper. How are you doing?
2: I'm great, Dom.
3: Thank you. Well, well, this, I'm a little little nervous to do this because um, I became a one life Live fan after uh, all my children wrapped up. I watched the last four months, and... I, in my opinion, would measure the last four months against anything ABC would put on in primetime. The quality was that good. I just wanted to say that. Um, That's nice of you to say. I
2: appreciate that.
3: The, pres- the main question I wanted to ask you was, I was going over some of your material with Roger on YouTube, and there's a scene that really stood out Stood out with me. It was from, I think, I think early 96, I believe. Uh, Blair was pregnant with Star, and the, the, the setup was... Todd found out that he, that he inherited a lot of money, and somehow through some miscommunication, thought that Blair was trying to, to steal that money from him mm-hmm. and it, it led to something that kind of rattled me a little bit the belt scene um, is a bed scene Belt belt scene what happened I'm trying, to, I'm trying to describe it. Todd accuses Blair of stealing the money, and it involved point of view camera angles. Looking down at Blair, looking up at Todd. Yeah. Um, and was it romantic it, and sexual, or was it just was it a violent thing? It was violent, and it it basically it culminated with um, well Todd trying to rape Blair. Or, well, he wanted well, to, but he stopped. You know that you
2: know that Todd Todd is a rapist. He raped Marty. So I, right. I remember those scenes. He comes in and she, she he throws her back. She's in a white outfit. Yeah. See, I remember this kind of stuff. I remember this stuff. She, he throws her back on the bed, or she falls back on the bed, and he goes to rape her, and yeah. he flashes on to raping Marty, or he, he realizes that he can't be the bad, bad guy. So it was him being the hero. But, yeah, that that, that kind of stuff kind of happened with Todd and Blair um, well, a couple well, of times. There was a time when when Trevor was playing Todd where Blair was angry and went off and slept with Kevin Buchanan. And there was a a moment where she accused him of raping her again, but of course she just had a brain tumor. (laughs) That was the story. So, I mean, that that was kind of a pattern for them.
1: I want to thank you for your call, Dom. We are closing in here, Cassie, on our final couple of minutes. So I want to give you an opportunity for the folks who either couldn't get through or, uh, again, who maybe weren't able to because they're still at work, to give you an opportunity to give a message to them uh, about what their support means to you.
3: The
2: One Life to Live fans and the new General Hospital fans, I-, I can't thank you enough for the 19 years of loyal support, wonderful heartfelt prayers through times in my personal life that were bad, but always the, the loyalty and love that I felt over the years, it, it, I cannot put into words how much I appreciate it. And I have truly loved being Blair, and I've loved entertaining you, and I too am sad that One Life to Live is off the air, and I just, I wish you all the best, and I hope that you will find something that will fill that void in your heart, because I haven't yet, but if you do find something, let me know because i miss it terribly and i miss my fans
1: well it's it's july 18th is that the first air date for blue i believe on it's Hospital?
2: either the, the 18th or the 19th but i was told it was the 18th but um we'll have to get a confirmation on that but it's like the second and third the third and fourth week of july
1: we'll make sure we figure that out the 18th maybe you in the in the the last scene falling from a a helicopter or something you never know what could happen <laughs> you never know <laughs> you never know Cassie i want to thank you so much for being able to drop by hopefully we won't take uh 17 years or whatever it is for you to to come by the next time
2: <laughs> all right dan i appreciate you having me on and thank you so much and yes we'll have to do this again
1: Sounds like a plan. I also, of course, want to thank Jill Larson for dropping by in the last half hour of the show. Now, if you've missed any of the information that we talked about during the show, whether we talked about the no-no hair removal or we talked about the karaoke event, you can head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio for all the information about all of that. And for some reason, while you're there, you can also check out some of our other episodes of Soap Central Live. Every show that we've ever done has been archived for your listening enjoyment. You can stream them. You can download them to any device where you can listen to downloadable music. That sort of sums up the entire electronics world there. It's all completely free to do so. It's also a great way for you to reconnect with some of your favorite stars or maybe discover some new ones. Today's show will be archived this weekend, so if you've missed anything or just want to hear it again, you'll be able to do so. Of course, I want to thank everybody out there for listening and tuning in to today's show. We'll be back again next Friday, just like we are every week, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for more of the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great weekend, everybody.